All right. So um, we're looking at chapter 59. It is from October 2021 called Pure Truth, Pure Doctrine, and Pure Revelation. It's a short and simple, sweet one, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure, well, we always <laughs> have a lot to, to talk about and, and glean out of it. I ran out of note space. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yes, those are the kind that I love. This one was was an interesting one. Um, as he is giving a invitation there in uh, verse six, I invite you to listen for three things during this conference, the pure truth, pure doctrine of Christ and pure revelation. Now, <laughs> you know, I, I'm usually about a conference behind <laughs> of keeping up with all of the invitations and uh, challenges and whatever. But anyway, it was just kind of interesting looking through all three of his talks and looking for those three specific things. Um, the, the pure truth, pure doctrine, and pure revelation. So I don't know, kind of my first question is, what's the difference? What's the difference between pure truth and pure doctrine? And why do we need to, to pick these three things apart? Why is President Nelson having us do that? Well, you know, pure, you've got pure truth. There can be truth that's not just, and it's doctrine of Christ. It's not just pure doctrine, but the doctrine, the pure doctrine of Christ. And so then that, that helps to separate it out because you, you have truth about all sorts of things. Then you have the doctrine of Christ and the truth that's that, and then pure revelation. Um, but, you know, you're the one is always about chiasm chiasmus right and and i looked at that and said there's three things pure truth and pure revelation kind of go together and then that that highlights that center one which is the doctrine of christ and i looked at that and said oh well yeah that's pretty much and then when you when you get into that part um you know he he's talking about the covenant path and that's what he just talked to us about you know this conference was staying on the covenant path so, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you got to stay on the covenant path. Well, that's not his first time to say that. He he was telling us that last time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, they're reiterating things. And, you know, as I've been, as I study things and as I study conference talks and as I'm studying the scriptures, you know, you get those, those snippets of revelation that comes Sometimes when you're listening to the first time, sometimes then it's the 10th time, you know? Yeah. And you go, how did I miss this before? Well, because you hadn't studied this and this and this and this before. Now you have them all, that kind yeah. of thing. I think pure truth has a lot to do, well, as a better, as not of a better term, but karma. Karma is pure truth. You know, you reap what you sow. And I think there's a, there's a lot of that that, that the adversary is trying to convince people that that's not the way it happens. You don't have to worry about consequences. And I think that's, that's one of the things that's most important that the, at the sales pitch that's being given, but unfortunately they're well vested into the, into the, into the sales of the, the, whatever it is before they realize that what they've been promised is not what they're getting. Mm -hmm. I think that is uh, uh, is one of the those pure truths that uh, President Nelson was talking about. Yeah. You know, people call it karma, but it's 
it's just the pure truth of, of the of eternity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of that law of the harvest almost. Right. So Scott found something interesting in verse one. Mm -hmm. Tell him about that. Well, he just says, I have prayed intently that this conference would be a time of revelation and reflection for those, for all those who seek the blessings. And so I, I just went into the topical guide and looked for uh, seek and find. Uh -huh. And I ended up with nine, nine scriptures that give us ideas on how to seek the Lord. And every time that the Lord says something about it, it's always, if you seek the Lord, you will find him. So we have it in Deuteronomy 4, 29, and Proverbs 8, 17, Jeremiah 29, 13, Matthew 7, 7, Luke 11, 9 and 10, Acts 17, 27, 3 Nephi 14, uh, 7, DNC 88, verse 63, and DNC 97 verses 1 and 2. But these are all things, the promises that we have been given by the Lord through many different sources to tell us that if we seek, we shall find. And since President Nelson had promised and prayed intently, and I'm assuming that he gets what he prays for, so... <laughs> Um, he prayed intently that the conference would be a time of revelation and reflection for all those who seek those blessings. I think that we get out of the conference what we're looking to find plus some. Mm -hmm. uh, but, it, but people get this idea that the information is going to jump out and tap them on the nose and say, here I am. <laughs> but uh, that's, not, that's not the way it works. And, but they really have to di diligently seek it and and then the, the spirit will reveal them to it, and then it will um, it, it will take them take them a little bit farther. Mm -hmm. And I think that as we study the words from the conference, right, and we listen to the talks over and over again, that we then have a better recollection of who was talking about what. It might blur together and we may, might not know exactly which conference it was that they said it, but they, we can say, yeah, there was um, a great conference talk um, by Elder Renland a few conferences ago on um, infuriating unfairness. So when something seems unfair to you in, li in life, you know, here's one, you know, I, I referred somebody to that talk this week and, um, you know, I had... Um, I had nothing else to give them, right? As far as support, other than this might help you. Why don't you, you know, go check that out? Um, or, or talks um, by uh, Elder Christofferson, you know, where he talks about the difference between the Lord's plan and Satan's plan, which is, you know, Agenda 2030, right? And I, I listened to some other, I listened to a different book yesterday, and I was like oh, wait a minute, that ties into this talk and that ties into this thing over here. You know, it's, if yeah. you have the foundation of having studied these things, right? 
then that pure revelation might not come to you right as you're first listening to conference, might not even come as you're studying. It might come several months down the road when you hear something else and you go, wait, I'm, I'm, that ties in with it. They have been telling us, they have been warning us, they have been saying this, oh man, how did we miss that? Or, you know, maybe I missed it, but didn't see how it fit into this other thing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you get that pure revelation continually as you study and as you, as you go on and study other things even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So like, yeah. um, I'd like to tie that in with something that I was reading in uh, Exodus where the children of Israel, they've just come across the Red Sea and they travel in the wilderness for three days and then they're seeking water uh, because they, they can't find the water. So Moses guides them to the waters of Miriam or Maria or whatever that is and they get there and the waters are bitter. So it's interesting the way it all kind of happens is that the fact that the Lord, we pray to the Lord and he gives us our answer to our prayer. But unfortunately, what happened in this particular case, and I think it's a pattern of heaven, that he gives us the answer, but it is not in a form in which we can use it. But at the exact same time where he placed the water, he also placed a tree or trees. Or whatever. I don't know if it was multiple, but the whole idea through revelation, Moses was told how to combine the two and it made it sweet and everything else. So I think this is a pattern of heaven where the Lord provides for those people who seek the truth. He provides for them an answer to their prayer. However, in that particular case, or in many cases, it's not in exactly the form that we can use it. But mm -hmm. if we make it a, a, a regular thing to once we get a blessing, that we also ask the Lord, well, where's the tree? Where's the second part of the blessing that I can combine with the first part? And then it will be exactly what I need. And I think uh, a lot of the talks in general conference are the water. Sometimes, and they, they give us a little bit, they're not in a manner in which we can use them. But if we ask the Lord to show us where the tree is, maybe it's another talk, maybe it's something from another book um, or from the scriptures, we can combine the two. And then that is the best answer that the Lord can give us and we can move forward. But we have to be diligent with that. And we actually have to put forth the effort. And I think that was one of the things that the children of Israel were, were really complaining about and missing is they were used to having you know, you either, I ask for it and you give it to me and there it is. But I think the Lord is trying to teach us that all throughout eternity, blessings have been given, but there's always a secondary part that has to come along with it. It's either an effort or it is a sacrifice or is an addition, but whatever it is, the Lord will make it known to us if we ask what the second part is. Well, and, you know, President Nelson has been saying the Lord loves effort right? He's been, yeah. he's been telling us that. And here's, here's part of it, but you've got to have that effort. He even talks about that with the don't be lazy learners and lax disciples. It's all about that effort, that second part. So, you know, we see that pattern over and over and over again, um, you know, reflected in what we're learning. And that's, that's really cool to be able to see that. 
Yeah, I love that because like, like you said, sometimes it's um, another conference talk, you know, like in the same one or whatever, or it might be something like you, you talked about where you you've heard it because you spent the, the time and effort, the sacrifice to, to study it back when it was given and can pull that forward when you need it. Sometimes it's through our connections, you know, like I get one part, my mom gets another part or, or in these groups, you know, kind of thing. It's like, but it, yeah, unless you're putting forth that, that effort, sometimes you don't ask or even realize that there's a second part out there, but, but the Lord never seems to really work in solo mode, right? Like he's, he's always in, in um, these companionships or, or uh, dualistic uh, things there. I love that, that, uh, that pattern from, from Moses and, and everything there. It really <laughs> pulls it in. So I'm not going to forget that principle. Well, and I think that's a lot of what we're learning in Come Follow Me, right? Especially mm -hmm. this year in Old Testament. If we can look for the patterns and find patterns, those patterns will help us in many, many ways in everything that we're dealing with now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of the specifics, you know, the laws that they did, you know, and everything, we're not, not worried that much about the law of Moses. We need to look at the pattern. What did the pattern represent? What do we have that fills that same pattern? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. I love that. So speaking of patterns, um, where is, oh, right there in verse six, right? <laughs> I was missing it. Um, he says, one of the plagues of our day is that too few people know where to turn for truth. So I don't know why that hit me different this time than it has in the past, but I was like, okay, so here's a prophet of the Lord naming a modern plague. And so I was like, huh, I wonder when else modern prophets and apostles have actually named a current plague and and do we have 10 of them listed out in you know previous general conferences and stuff i haven't done my my full study on it i only had like 10 minutes before class but what do you think the most prevalent actually named plague is in our dispensation in general conference like given over pornography, a, pornography. yep <laughs> they Every time pornography is mentioned, it's mentioned as a plague. Every time. I was like, huh. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. <laughs> it was until I was like looking for it, right? Like we were talking about, you know, find it. And, and if you've paid the price for, for learning, like things will be brought back to your remembrance and stuff. Um, so the second one, again, this is not the full inclusive study. I want to like dive deeper into more talks and stuff. But um, the, the second most common one that I found in my quick 10-minute study is the, uh, the plague of addiction. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of go in, in order of how many times they were referenced as an actual plague. Um, pornography, addiction, uh, permissiveness, uh, sexually transmitted disease or AIDS, uh, named specifically, um, immorality, child abuse and abortion. I would have thought abortion would have been higher on the list, but it's, it's often referenced, but not specifically as a plague. Um, but it is on that list there. 
And then um, this one, which <laughs> I've never heard as, as a plague that President Nelson lists here. One of the plagues of our day is that too few people know where to find the, or where to turn for truth. And so anyway, I'm going to be doing like a, a bigger, broader study on, on stuff. But uh, just the, the quick one that I did, I was like, huh, they are literally naming plagues and, and telling us about them. And I was like, okay, so if we're looking at patterns, Old Testament, 10 plagues, and we have our modern plagues, like which ones are which? And uh, which ones yield like the same blessings and curses type of imagery in our lives and stuff? So uh, just like what you said there, patterns and and the dual witness of, of things, I, I think is, is huge. And all from this little tiny talk. <laughs> Well, and if you look at the footnote for that, where he said, you know, few people know where to turn for truth. Mm -hmm. If you look at that footnote in DNC 123.12, it's many are blinded by the craftiness of men and lie in wait to deceive, right? Are the two lines that really stood out to me. I wrote those down. So then, you know, what is that actual plague that people are blinded to the truth? That, you know, and, and that's where he's talking about it, right? And yep. some are blinded by the truth and some are blinding others and lying in wait to deceive, right? So there's two, there's two parts to that plague. And, you know, so me, I haven't thought about this, but maybe look at the, um, what's it called? I had it until I went to say <laughs> where you can look up what what talks reference a certain scripture like a citation index that's it thank you <laughs> so you look up that scripture in the citation index and see where else are they talking about that mm -hmm. and it might be different words right and that's where you know you did a, a quick study on words but if you look at the citation index um for that script, for that thing, let me look at that really quick. And I see, and it got me, got me <laughs> thinking about this now, because I have the citation index on my phone. Cow, it's such so, a handy resource. Holy cow! Yeah, so it's included a lot four times. The first seventeen verses in Doctrine and Covenants are referenced. There's one time it's seven through twelve. That's just you know Brigham Young. Let's see what this one is. Interesting. The um, in 2020, Elder Uchtdorf, God will do something unimaginable. Mm. He referenced. Um, Doctrine and Covenants 123. The whole section. It looks like. Interesting. So. Something to something to think about you know so it's just some you know, the others are just way old but that was interesting that that one was was right there yeah oh here's more 29 times holy cow there we go 29 times um in this one marcus b nash on hold up your not your light this one particular scripture by itself um the talk you shall be free from 2021 in April, 2020, Bonnie Corden's talk, you know, about they shall see the one where she's carrying the light. Mm -hmm. uh, President Nelson referenced this in his hear him talk. 
um, Elder Bednar in 2017 and called to the work. Russell M. Ballard on Put Your Trust in the Lord back in 2013. Jeffrey R. Holland in 2011. Again, President Nelson in 2010. It's interesting that he has, there's three right there, three times. He keeps going back to this same verse. So then you're like, okay, this particular verse, you know, he's referencing it. And it would be interesting to see if he's always referencing the same line or if he's referencing yeah. parts of it, right? Exactly. Oh, that, that would, that's going to be an interesting study. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I keep forgetting about the citation index. I really do. <laughs> I sit down and completely forget. I should put just like a post-it or something that says, look at the citation index. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, for sure. So um, speaking of footnotes and, and the complexity of them and stuff, so in verse four, the the footnote for that one was like throwing me for a loop. I, I was just, I'm intrigued to, to hear what you guys' uh, opinion is on it. But um. Uh, let me bring it up. Um, it says, we convene each general conference as directed by the Lord. I mean, that's a, a simple enough statement, right? I mean, what can you possibly footnote off of that? But yet, looking at the footnote, it is so in interesting which verses of DNC 20 he, he pulls from. He doesn't just go, you know, verses 61 through 67. He cherry picks them. And why? Like, um, I'm pulling it up now so I can rattle it off for you. But um, anyway, I found this this footnote just just kind of a harbinger there. All right, so Doctrine and Covenants 20, verses 61, 64, and 67. It says that the several elders composing this Church of Christ are to meet in conference once in three months or from time to time as said conferences shall direct or appoint. You know, that's, that's basic enough. Like, yeah, that should be a footnote. I get it. But then 64 and 67 throw me off. It says, each priest, teacher, and deacon, so he's talking ironic in, in nature, who is ordained by a priest may take a certificate from him at the time, which certificate when presented to an elder shall entitle him to a license, which shall authorize him to perform the duties of his calling, or he may receive it from a conference. I'm like, okay, interesting. Going on to, to 67, each president of the high priesthood or presiding elder, bishop, high counselor, and high priest is to be ordained by the direction of a high council or general conference. I'm like, okay, why, why, why cherry pick those two verses there in the, the footnote for, quote, we convene each general conference as directed by the Lord. Hmm. And then going into... Um, it, it just intrigued me. So going into the actual verses, listen to the ones that he skips. So let's see, 62 and 63, it says, the several elders composing this church of Christ are to meet in conference once in three months. Oh, wait, that's 61, sorry. That's 61. <laughs> 62 and 63. And said conferences are to do whatever church business is necessary to be done at the time. That seems like it would be an easy one to to include here like why didn't he and then 63 the elders are to receive their licenses from other elders by vote of the church to which they belong or from the conferences okay and then the other two verses 65 and 66 that he skips over no person is to be ordained to any office in the church uh, where time is a regularly organized branch of the same 
without the vote of a church, but the presiding elders, traveling bishops, high counselors, high priests, elders may have the privilege of ordaining where there is no branch of the church that a vote may be called. And I'm like, okay, I can see why some of them were skipped because they're not necessarily pertinent, but I don't see necessarily why 64 and 67 are included as important things because, you know, President Nelson is so methodical with his footnotes. Just look at the next talk. There's more footnotes than there is talk. But like, anyway, what what's your guys' opinions on that footnote? Why include those verses? Also look at um, 26.1. Oh, yeah, that one, too. I mean, like, why? <laughs> Let me hold that one back up. Sorry. I mean, on the surface, 26.1, it talks about, you know, hold the next conference, right? Mm -hmm. But if you look at the rest of that verse, let your time be devoted to the studying of the scriptures and to preaching and to confirming the church, right? Yeah, at Colesville, you know, performing your labors. And it could be at anywhere. Fill in yeah. your town here, right? Um, and to confirm the church at your town here, and to performing your labors on the land such as is required, until after you shall go to the west to hold the next conference, and then it shall be made known what you shall do. This is saying, work on these things, and then at the next conference, I'll tell you what else you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. and I think that still even applies to us, right? Yeah. Here are the things at this conference, here are the things that we're learning. Here's the, you know, we get these little, over the next six months, do this, study this, study that, you know, study the Book of Mormon, study, you know, the attributes of Christ, study the um, promises of God to covenant Israel, study what it means to let God prevail in your life, um, work on hearing him, where it, think about all of the different things, and then at the next conference, you know, then it shall be made known what you shall do. Yeah each time and so he's kind of telling us that's the little easter egg at the end right mm -hmm. of each conference we're gonna we'll have something and so here here he is at the beginning of october conference this is the very first talk right and he's telling us all it'll be a time of revelation and reflection for all who seek right and um we'll tell you what's the next thing the lord is leading us on we don't know what's coming for sure we just know like this the is the next thing like the children of israel we are being guided and we don't know where that's going to take us and it may seem to be taking us over here to get over here but what are we what are we missing you know one watering hole from one next. watering hole to the next yeah <laughs> i love it right because he doesn't have to say we convene each general conference as directed by the Lord. I mean, it, it, it's like a throwaway phrase, right? So yeah. why is he, like you said, why is he putting that there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why does it say like that we're, uh, it, 64 is like the Aaronic and 67 is, is the Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. But why are they, like, why does he include those in the fact that it shall entitle him to a license and authorize him to perform the duties of that calling um, and, and that we receive those in conference. And then flowing into the, the rest of this talk, it's about pure truth, pure doctrine, and pure revelation as it, it goes through. And chiastically, he, the, the last talk of this conference, he, he kind of sums it back up again, uh, making time for the Lord. 
And then what culminates from that principle that you were just talking about? Like we, we, we do this, we get our marching orders, then we play out our six months and then we come back and we'll get our next thing. And he's talking about spiritual momentum, missionary work and, and the pure love of pussy. What was that? From this past conference? Yeah, preaching the gospel of peace. I was trying to remember the name of the talk, um, but yeah, the the pure love, the fear that is upon all all men's hearts, and the peace that that this gospel can bring. But we we first need to know about pure truth, pure doctrine, pure revelation before we are ready for that kind of stuff and to maintain spiritual momentum. This is kind of one of the ignitions that that happens. Um, in that basketball metaphor, right? That, that he gives. Yeah. Well, and now's the time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and now is the time, right? So if you go back, um, you get your marking order to get all these things at the conference. Now's the time. Okay. I've been, te- I've been teaching you all these things. I've been giving you these instructions every six months. Now's the time. What is coming? Mm-hmm. What is coming between now and October? I don't know. I think we're in for quite a variety of, of different things. I do too. Um, like he says in verse five there, um, there has never been a time in the history of the world when knowledge of our Savior is more personally vital and relevant to every human soul. Imagine how quickly the devastating conflicts throughout the world. And like I was pulling in, you know, with, with hindsight, we can see all things or whatever, but I'm like, huh, interesting. What conflicts had already happened and which ones were still future when he's, he's saying this in the October conference, right? Imagine how quickly the devastating conflicts throughout the world and those in our individual lives would be resolved if we all chose to follow Jesus Christ and heed his teachings and again, you know, we kind of got this uh, pure truth and doctrine here of ending our, our conflicts throughout the world and our personal conflicts. And then what happens in this next one? No, now is the time. You end them before Easter. <laughs> what if, what if the, um, the children of Israel escaping Egypt, crossing the Red Sea and all of the the subsequent challenges and trials that they had to go through. What if we are the children of Egypt or the children of Israel now? What if the things that we're going through are a type and shadow of the things that the, the children of Israel had to go through? I mean, uh, just, just to give an example, this is not a pure definition, but what if this COVID stuff was... Um, uh, maybe a crossing of the Red Sea, or maybe one of the plagues of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we look forward to other challenges going from one conference to the other, where the prophet and the other authorities give us counsel on how to govern ourselves. I mean, like like the prophet was saying, personal revelation uh, would alleviate contention and that's what the children of israel were suffering from um you know they had been separated and yet they were still destroying themselves because of the the traditions that they had become used to 
Yeah. So I was just kind of, I couldn't help but sit and think as I listened to you talk that we could, we could be in the middle of, of those and we could use the, the recordings in the Bible, in the book of Exodus to maybe look to see about things that could are coming along or have happened and how the Lord resolved those particular issues. See if we can match it up with what's already been spoken of in the talks. Mm -hmm. I think that you are spot on, Scott. And uh, but I am, instead of us being the type for them, I think they are the type for us. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, because it talks about the second exodus, which is going to be us. Right. Is it's going to. Um, doesn't it say in Isaiah that things that will happen will dwarf the parting of yeah, the Red that, Sea? I couldn't find the words that I wanted to use, yeah. but yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, People will no longer say, um, oh. how yeah, great our God that led us out of, led us out, of the, out of Egypt and parted the Red Sea. They will instead talk about, you know, like the return uh, of the time. Exactly. It, it will yeah. be so great. You know, and it's I. So many people want to say, you know, the return of the ten tribes. Oh, that's happening through missionary work and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's not that's not on the scale of something greater than the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea. There's yeah. something that's going to be fantastically bigger that's coming. Um, and I, it's it's just very interesting. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, we are enslaved but we're enslaved to our government. They dictate mm -hmm. what we can do, what we can't do. And so many people are dependent on exactly that, that they won't do things that, you know, whether it be, and our government's setting us up for that. They don't want people to work. They want to pay them what they want to, to stay home and, and for the jobs and all these different kinds of things. And then even with the COVID, the lockdown, that was even more enslavement to them and they were giving out the money and things so i think you're absolutely right on what you're saying that you know it started with them being slaves in egypt yeah and kind of like willing slaves too because i mean right. they just gave up their freedoms and i'm like huh that was very interesting the past however many years that we're like how easily people just gave their freedoms away exactly <laughs> i was in awe i, I had to yell at my daughter you are not going to do that. Come on, we're going hiking. Get out of here. I went and grabbed the kids and grandkids and said, we're going. I don't care what you say. You're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah some oh. of us didn't stay home at all. Now, some of us were really bad rebels. <laughs> yeah, I'm a rebel at heart. But, you know, we talked about that in Sunday school today. We talked about how the Israelites, they had been slaves for 400 years. And so, you know, Moses brought them out, took them through the Red Sea you know, brings them to the mountain of the Lord. He's like, okay, I'm going to take you to see the Lord. They didn't know how to act. They didn't know how, um, you want us to think for ourselves. We, we have to figure out this. I grew up, somebody telling me what to wear and what to eat and where to go and when to be there. And, and if you think about our lives today, we don't, we have that we're regimented into school and regimented into work and regimented into your, here's your schedule that you have to follow. And if you're not there, then you're penalized. We yep. really are. We really, we, we, we are. 
we are not free. We are slaves, you know, and all through the Book of Mormon, it talks about, you know, how they were um, brought into bondage and their taxation was so great when they were taxed 20%. Look where we're headed. (laughs) Oh, we're way over that. Oh, yeah. All of our taxes are 50%. We can check all those things off that, you know, mm-hmm. we're there. We, we, and we've, same thing. We're like the frog in the pot that the heat's turned on and it's come so slowly. And that's just exactly what would happen with, you know, it's communism at its finest. And mm-hmm. Well, um, there was a, a quote that George Q. Cannon had um, I've got to find it because I, I was I, I keep referring back to this quote. Um, I saved it in Evernote so that I have it. Um, it's from the Journal of Discourses 21-264 if you want to look up the whole thing yourself. The Lord works in the midst of this people by natural means and that the greatest events that have been spoken of by the holy prophets will come along so naturally as the consequence of certain causes that unless our eyes are enlightened by the spirit of God and the spirit of revelation rests on us, we will fail to see that these are the events predicted by the holy prophets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many people are at that point? They're like, oh no, this is just, we've been, we've been in this, we've got this back and forth politically in the country. You know, we've been in worse things than this. We'll come out of it. It's not a big deal. Oh, Christ isn't coming for decades. You know, well, this is all due to climate change or, you know, global warming or because we have, we eat too much meat or whatever, you know, I hear it all. And I just think it's just by natural means. Exactly. Yeah, Elle posted, uh, it's just getting to, to be start of slavery. It's going to get much worse and like be self-reliant. How much the church is like... Push that. Know, yeah, uh, we're getting all these programs, self-reliance in lots of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Financial, emotional, all of that. Yeah, I just saw something and I'm not keeping up with the stuff that's happening, but I guess they had elections in France. Mm. last week or so i don't know but it said macron is already or whoever is the new person that got in i i wasn't following yeah, him. he's, he's the old guy is that the old one he's been there yeah he's been he's there. out so now did the other guy win i don't i don't know all i know <laughs> is they've been having riots in france they've been having riots in europe um you know i don't know if you guys have been paying a, a, or known but you know we've just had we've just finished ramadan for the whole month of Ramadan, which is usually peaceful, everything, they've there've been riots every day in Israel and Jerusalem. Wow. Every day. And and they're destroying historical things. They're destroying historical landmarks and things that are meaningful to Christians and Jews. Hmm. They're even destroying things on the on the Dome of the Rock. So um, the Palestinians are just going crazy, and they have been for the last month. But our 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 news isn't telling us about that. No, this was say it said um, it says after French. I guess he. I'm not sure if he won or not. It says it's already sparking fury over France in the last two days because they're demanding um, 
to have re-elections and he wants digital ID. So, you know. Yeah, okay, so. They're, pu they're pushing toward that so that, and even here it said Biden is starting to want to do that too. So they're gonna track everything we buy and everything we do. And I think that's why we have to be self-reliant. You grow a garden. You know, I think it's important that we do this stuff. We've been told for years there would come a time where we, I think it was Brigham Young that said we would rely on what we produce ourselves. Yeah. And again, not just physically, but like emotionally, all that kind of stuff. We have yes. to be actually reliant on our, our own. Yes, labor. reliant on the Lord and be self-sufficient in the knowledge of what the spirit gives and guides us to do. Because, yeah, because we might not be able to go buy anything. I mean, it's getting to where, you know, it might not be there, but then when you do, they're going to know what you buy and where you live and everything. And how that parallels, you know, coming out of Egypt, right? Like they were told to, to gather some of their things or whatever, mm -hmm. and they can rely on those for a bit, but then it comes to a point of, of manna. And it's like, you have to rely on the manna and it's yeah. like, oh no, but we had it so much better in Egypt. Like, let's, let's, let's go back. And it's like, no, we have yeah. to break that cycle. It's, it's definitely, there's a pattern there. I think that we're going to re repeat. And that's mm -hmm. what I always say to people. Are we going to have a seven year famine? Like in the Bible, <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's hope not. I'm like, oh. a, a worldwide like, famine is coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There was a Senator. I don't know. Did you see the Senator? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they're, the senator from just, Kentucky. Uh huh. Yeah, a worldwide yep. famine is coming. They're they're now starting to talk about it. Um, yep. We've seen it coming for a while. Um, and plan. It is part of the plan. It is part of the plan. And one of the things that I find that's so interesting is how hard the church is hitting this particular one. I don't know if you guys see it right side up or whatever. Yeah, we do. Yep. Okay, the emotional resilience class. Um, our stake is pushing it so hard. We actually have two classes going every sun, every Sunday afternoon in our building at the same time with this. Yeah. Um, it's really good if you have the chance to take one of these classes, the emotional mm -hmm. resilience one, do it. And, and the, I think the church is pushing this one so hard because people are gonna need this in this time. The whole class we had today was just on anger. And managing your emotions. Our state hasn't even done anything on that yet. <laughs> oh, Either has mine. Yeah. You know what? My bishop come in and talked to primary and Sunday school about that was their thing that they were, he's pushing. Mm -hmm. People, kids, be ready because we're the earliest ward. Be ready at 830 so that everybody can be on time to church from now on. We just really need to help your parents to be here on time. I'm thinking they're here. Does it matter that, that it might be five or 10 minutes late? They're here. You need to be pushing other things other than that right now. So if you know who your stake person is over the self-reliance things, your facilitator or your, your high council person over that, you can go and say, hey, um, I have a request. Can we schedule one of these classes? Yeah. And maybe they're just waiting for people to come and say, you know, yeah. They might say, what well, do you want to facilitate it? And <laughs> All right. well yeah sure you know it facilitating is really easy right you know you're just it's there your ward right meeting. nancy but is it your stake that's pushing it 
Um, yeah, the stake is pushing it. Um, we have one, we have so much interest in our ward that our ward has one just for members of our ward. But the stake is also holding one in our building for a for more people in for our more ward people. and other people from around the state. And this is the second, this is the second round. Yeah, um, we've done one round and we're, we've got new people called for it. So we're supposed to have a second. I've done two online. So when they do that in person, I'm going to take it a third time. And a friend and I are doing a deep dive into it. We're taking like a month to do one chapter and just really digging into the stuff. Yeah. Is this on the that emotional was, resilience one? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah. And different stakes are focusing on different things. Our stake is really pushing ministering. That's our focus for the year. And another lady I talked to, I think she was from Missouri, but they started a couple years ago. They started a faith garden and they're encouraging people to start gardens. And they actually taught beekeeping and taught people how to do beekeeping and offered them a chance to have bees and either um, have somebody, you know, help with it or have one of their own. So it's interesting, different stakes are doing different things, but and some aren't maybe doing... <laughs> anything but trying to get people that on time at church <laughs> well it depends on well, where I guess it depends on where you live right and what are you uh -huh. going to need what are you going to well, need in the future and I right. was talking also with some people with like the secretary in the relief society she's on board with all this stuff and and I'm in primary so I really don't get to hear what's going on or anything and I says how much is our ward really on board with what we're where we're headed where we're at and she looked at me and she says and she's my neighbor she looked at me and she says kathy um the bishop just put in a great big swimming pool so what do you think <laughs> I, she says i asked she asked him if he was planning on using that for water when <laughs> everything <laughs> went down and i says yeah but, and then when the earthquake hits it's gone it'll crack in the cement so that's i i feel out of I mean, there's parts of us, my niece, even in her ward, they've done a back to basics where they have like, like, remember how the home making nights used to be for Relief Society back in the day, mm -hmm. but they, they're doing it around gardening, self-defense, and they're bringing somebody in to, you know, help them wheat grinding, what you can make and all things just back to basic things that people need. And I, approached him and says why don't we do something like that oh people don't want to do that anymore okay we're doing it and uh, that's I, what, taught a, I taught a gardening I was, class in march yeah i just thought okay how do you know they don't well we talked to them one time and they did people didn't want to okay but what about now <laughs> approach people now think times change we've we're in a different situation when you approached them before how do you know that it won't work, you know, if you don't try it? Yeah, my ward's that way too. And I just ask a couple of friends um, if they were interested. And we're just going to get together, four or five of us, and just choose whatever topic we want to focus on and, and learn from each other. Yeah. So I think you have to just do it on your own. Just get people like-minded that want to learn gardening or canning or sewing or you know, whatever it is you want to learn. Well, and Bread we making, have, you know, it's whatever. We have numerous ones that I, that are not even active that I seriously believe they would be interested 
if they put it out there. But like even our wards Facebook pages, they're all private. Why are they private? Yeah. Yeah. You'll just have to start one on your own and do it. We're just going to do it. I think it, we just talked about it and we've set one date. This is the first one. And we're just going to go between people's homes and just, yeah. you know, kind of like what Cameron's doing with this book club. He just has it. It's not a ward sponsored thing. It's just, right. we've just invited people that are interested that have the same, I, you know, same goals or interests because not everybody sees things, you know, like we do. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody sees anything like anybody else everybody has their own perspective on things so um i mean i don't think we're going to see eye to eye in the, our group either but we're trying oh, yeah. to find things that we're all interested in learning and you know sharing mm-hmm. but the the point of that is that there's so many even if you don't b- believe all the things there's so many things that are brought to the table that you there's something there that you can relate to no matter what it is right. with, with these yeah. groups yeah. yeah um oh going back i got to you the, sidetracked sorry <laughs> on, on the french election um macron he was the president before he's the one who was locking down everything uh-huh. and um, according to this he got 58.6 percent of the vote and I think that's part of what the riots in France are about is because they don't want him back. They don't want him in. No. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think that's what I kind of understood. The same corrupt um, mechanisms that worked here work there, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, if you, I've been listening to Glenn Beck's book called The Great Reset. It's on Audible. Uh-huh. Um, you can get it in hardback if you can find it. He's having a hard time getting them printed um, because of the paper shortage. Go figure. There's a paper shortage now. <laughs> there is. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> books are getting hard to print and they're costing more. Yeah, so there's um, a shortage of every. It might as well just say there's a shortage of everything. There is. Including wisdom and truth. <laughs> and common sense. And common sense, yes. There's a shortage of common sense for sure. But um, in, in it, he talks about all of the stuff that they, and it's it's so well footnoted. He's on like footnote 300 and something. And I'm only on chapter five, I think. Um, but the, the um, great reset people, you know, all the elites and the rulers and everything and what they're planning to do and the things that they're trying to do. And um he he was talking about something and he said in one of in one of their things they were they're talking about their plans that you have to be on board with the great reset and everything in order to be able to run a business the you know the new environmental social and governmental esg scores and stuff and if your score is not high enough then you're not going to be able to buy things you're not going to be able to participate in society you're not going to be able um to get a loan or to buy a house or to buy a car or to to maybe even you know use your bank account the bank might cancel you if your score is not high enough and as i was listening to that i was like oh so that kind of sounds like the mark of the beast right mm-hmm. 
you know, um, that you can't buy or sell without having this. And everybody's looking for something that's going to be in our forehead or in our right hand. But if you symbolically look on the forehead is symbol, some symbolizes your thoughts. What's at the front of your mind? What are you focusing on? Right. So like the, the Jews used to wear the little black Black or whatever's on their on their foreheads to keep that in their mind so that's that's what the forehead symbolizes and our right hand is our covenant hand and it represents what we do so what we think and what we do so our our actions in line with the esg scores that they want in order for you to be able to buy and sell or are our actions in line with the Lord and they are going to diverge. And that was what brought me to Elder Christofferson's talk that he talked about. He outlined out all these things, 2030, Agenda 2030 um, and what they're trying to do. And then he said, but the Lord's plan is this. And so he he showed, here's, here's the adversary's plan. Here's the Lord's plan. Which one are you gonna be on? And somebody was asking a question on one of my online things, you know, will the brethren tell us what, you know, hey, this is the mark of the beast. Don't take it. I'm going, yeah, he just, he did. Yeah, He did tell it's us. <laughs> it's already there. They've already told us. And that, that's part of that importance of, of studying these scripture talks and, or these um, conference talks and having them uh, be, being familiar with them enough that when we hear the other things, we can make those connections, yeah. right? You know, and see, but you know, Macron, he's right there. He's back there with this. Okay, we need to do this. And China's already got that kind of a social credit score. And I think that's what's really gonna be hard because the social credit score is gonna, they're gonna look at your social media and they're looking at, gonna look at what you're saying. And if you don't come down on the right place, with all of the different little, you know, alphabet people. And Italy just adopted it too. Yeah. So uh-huh. Italy and China. So it's going to, it's starting. Yeah. It's roll That's out why and- we need to get onto the bartering and know what our people mm-hmm. can do and, and tr- do trade and back and forth. We're going to have yeah. to do that. Yeah. I survive. Beck said, yeah, exactly. I think Glenn Beck said, because you have the book, Nancy, you said you're listening to the I, audible. Listening, I'm listening to it on. Yeah, audible. I have the digital, the digital book. book. Um, but one of his videos, he had said, or maybe it wasn't him, but it said, go look up your bank and go look up. E- it's ESG, right? Uh-huh. ESG. Look it up or look up social credit. And he, they said, find a bank that doesn't do it. And it's usually a local bank. And I looked up some of the major banks in my area. They all have a statement uh, about it. About they said, check your credit unions, your local credit yeah. unions. Credit yeah. unions, or if you have local regional banks, Small not banks. big yeah. banks. Yeah. And I looked up with a local bank. I can't get into the credit union, I don't think. But we do have a local bank, and they had nothing about it. But the bigger banks all had a statement about it. So they're participating in it. Yeah, I just looked up my bank, which is based in Ohio. Um, and yeah, they have a whole impact 2020 ESG report. Lovely. So that's how you know which banks are participating. So it's like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and most people aren't aware of this and they're gonna get caught in, this, in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's what's so sad. And you try to warn people. I mean, we're, I'm hijack. we're hijacking your thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's all real. We're past the like... hour, but yeah, that's what a friend was saying. She, I mean, she puts in a huge garden, kind of like Nancy does. She's converted a whole lawn and turned it into a big, big garden. And, you know, people, there's so many people right now that rely on the government for handouts and it's going to get be more so, and then they can control, you know, they can shut off the spigot if you don't do what they say. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. so imperative that we become really self-sufficient and I can't teach people. I try to tell people that and they just don't, they don't see it. They just Mm -hmm. don't see it. They don't see a need for it. Yeah. Because all the brethren will tell us. And it's like, they have told it. They have told us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like in verse nine there, where it says that the Lord declared that he would hasten his work in its time. And he is doing so at an ever increasing pace to, to counteract Satan's ever increasing pace. Right. I mean, like (laughs) everything is, is getting quicker and quicker and, and more, diabolical on the one hand and mm-hmm. we have to match it and and that self-reliance is a, a huge part of uh the the counter-attack or the preemptive um stuff to to help safeguard i think people are just looking for a blatant telling them and i think it's just more subtle you have to look for it and i found this meme that somebody i don't know somebody created i couldn't find the actual quote but it says it's quite long. It has scriptures. It says we are on this last stage of the cycle. Just mm-hmm. before things completely fall apart and collapse with other destruction, the Lord's anointed stop warning and start speaking about faith, hope, and charity. Ether, <laughs> we get all the warnings about secret combinations, etc., and how wickedness is abounding and the people will be destroyed if they don't repent. Then just before the entire civilization is destroyed, we get chapter 12 on faith, hope, and charity. Moroni 8, just before telling us that the people will perish and the prophecies will be fulfilled, Mormon teaches his son Moroni and us about faith, hope, and charity. The past two general conferences, the messages we are hearing, faith, hope, and charity. Perhaps the prophets will no longer warn us because we are past that time. Perhaps we are in the final stages and the more we hear about faith, hope, and charity, don't despair, et cetera, the closer we are. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. In the talk talk on faith, right? Faith in him will move mountains. What did President Nelson say? He said, lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to muster even a particle of faith. The people who want everything just handed to them and they don't have to do any study or research. Those are those lazy learners and lax disciples. Cameron, on that um, footnote C on verse nine, mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting because if you go to that, it's it's just like, behold, I will hasten my work and it's time, right? And it's yep. at the end of the page. Turn the page. Look at the next verse. I love that right? If you haven't done that. And I give unto you who are the first laborers in this last kingdom, a commandment that you assemble yourselves together and organize yourselves and prepare yourselves and sanctify yourselves. Yea, purify your heart 
and cleanse your hands and your feet before me that I may make you clean. He told us six things to do. So that's like, yeah, we're going to get to the haste and the time. But if you look in context, I mean, so many times we'll look at the footnote and we'll go, okay, you know, well, yeah, that's exactly what he's quoted, but what comes before it, what comes after it, how does that fit into the context? And if you look at it like that, you're like, oh, oh, okay. So he's telling us to assemble, to organize, to prepare, sanctify, purify, cleanse. What is that in relation to? This is so we can help with the holy work, right? What do it, that's like, okay, you need to do all these things so that you can, you know, what's the holy work? Is it just being a member missionary? <laughs> or is it going out and hunting people out of the rocks? Mm -hmm. And what's it going to take to do that? Yeah, I see. I think we'll see Jeremiah 16, 16 really playing out sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, so it, it just very, um, there is so much in this little bitty talk. I know, right? I mean, <laughs> there's tons. And, and you know, kind of pulling from that, that ether reference there, uh, the footnote B, where is that at? Um, so in verse 7 toward the end, uh, talking about that nothing could be worth more than all the Father has. Like, for those with eyes to see, the Father is giving away the, the secrets of, of his kingdom and stuff. But um, anyway... That, that footnote from Ether there, Ether 414, it, it's talking about that the only reason that people fail to grab a hold of all that the Father has is because of unbelief. It, it, it boils down to one simple thing. It, if you don't believe and, and you haven't rent that, that veil of unbelief, you can't receive. And so um, looking at at the pure truth, pure doctrine, pure revelation, those are the things that are going to help rend our bells of unbelief so that we can actually start receiving the, the power through our ordinances and um, being able to actually drop on the, the powers of heaven. And, um, you know, like the, the children of Moses, you know, they, they just told Moses, no, you go talk to the Lord and then give us the direction. Just tell it to us plainly. We don't want to go up on the mountain. You know, that's, that's too scary. Like if you, if you focus on pure truth, pure doctrine and pure revelation through all of the apostles and, and people who have, who have ascended the mountain and, and supped with, with Christ, then you can render your veil of unbelief and enter in as well. Not just sit there idolizing a, a golden calf of your own make. Well, either 414, I have in my scriptures on the side, this is um, one of the promises to covenant Israel. Mm -hmm. That's us, yeah. right? How great things the father hath laid up for you from the foundation of the world, right? Come unto me, O ye house of Israel, and it shall be made manifest. <clears throat> so um, if we rend that veil of unbelief, that's what we're going to have. And, you know, he tells us that and he, he references that, but, you know, he, he references, you know, we are his covenant people. He's reminding us again, we're his covenant people and, and go back to what are the, 
What are the promises made to covenant Israel, right? I mean, yeah. You've kind of got to study all of President Nelson's talks together because it's all this perfect picture. Yeah. You know, you know, when Wendy talked about how in the middle of the night, she was like, you know, get up, you have to leave. And he was in there for hours. What if what he was given was, you're going to talk about this. And then six months later, you're going to talk about this. And then you're going to talk about this. And you're going to talk about this. And here's the step that you're going to talk. And, and the words that came, you know, are up to him, right? So he can speak in his own thing. But here's your, here's the step. Teach him this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Mm -hmm. That way. And and he's probably going, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only have a little bit of time. You know, I only have a few years. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's such a little itty bitty talk, but there's a lot in it and and what we're seeing especially coming from um this last conference april 2022 looking back at this one in in october 2021 uh, i mean it's just interesting uh being able to to look at these talks in such greater context and in hindsight and, and all of that uh to see the patterns that are are playing out well and he talks there in verse seven about the well-defined path right Mm -hmm. staying on that narrow but well-defined path that struck out to me the well-defined path and then in that footnote um dnc 8438 in again looking at the verses that are around it in 36 to 38 you're given the path you receive his servants and then you can receive christ and then you can receive the father and then you get all the father has mm -hmm. <clears throat> You know, so you have to look for the path. He, he references the, you know, the verse for receive all that God has, but go back and find the beginning of the path. What's the beginning of the path? Yeah. To receive the servant. And we have a lot of people who want to cast out the servants right now, who want to be critical, who want to, and, and it's been a tough, it's been a tough year. Yeah. <clears throat> Wasn't it in this one right here? Yeah, when you, you said servants, it caught me. Um, so the the last um, talk of that October 2021 20, one, uh, chapter 61, make time for the Lord. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, for two days we have been well taught by servants of the Lord who have sought diligently to know what he would have them say. I think that, that kind of ties right into what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Which one was that? Which chapter was that? 56? Chapter 61. 61. Uh-huh. Yeah, so just two after the one we just studied. Oh, you were saying after the, of the same time. I was thinking the conference before that. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, page 165. Mm -hmm. And verse one there. Yep, been taught by servants. So it ties back in, right? If mm -hmm. you read those footnotes. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, what group C does with the, the temple talk here. <laughs> There's more footnotes than there are actual talk, it seems like. It's there, a, there a, a lot of footnotes. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. But yeah. So next week with all of the groups, uh, uh, Nancy brought it up before. I forgot to schedule for Mother's Day and all that kind of stuff, but 
if you can make it, <laughs> uh, all A, B, and C, all groups are going to be studying the Enzyme article called The Future of the Church, Preparing the World for the Savior's Second Coming. And that is from April 2020. And um, what chapter number is that? Yeah, that's what I'm looking up. It's chapter 40. So page 102. But yeah, if you're just looking it up on the uh, church website or anything like that, it's April 2020 um, in the Enzyme, the future of the church. It, it was one that um, was talked a lot on like Facebook and, and different groups and stuff, but um, I found a lot of people hadn't actually dove in and, and read it and we're excited to kind of talk about it and discuss it. And then the week after that is going to be the restoration proclamation. That'll be another fun one. So this is this is the one with with the quote of the time is coming when those who do not obey the Lord will be separated from those who do. Uh huh. Yep. We, uh, that that has been tossed around for a lot for the last two years. Yeah, and nobody was like, where where did that come from? The enzyme article. <laughs> it, it, this, this, yeah, I pointed that out to a lot of people, right? And then you have you have people who are going, oh well, you guys are the ones who are going to be separated from us, and you get it from both sides. It it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yep. All right, well, it's been fun. <laughs> we uh, will see everyone next week for another lively discussion. If you can make it, I understand if <laughs> Mother's Day is takes precedence i guess <laughs> what what time are you going to do it cameron if everybody's together oh no like everybody's studying the same thing but it's the ah, same gotcha. you just can do my different uh -huh. i didn't know yeah. if you could do so, it all. when as we've been studying president nelson's talks uh each group has a different talk that they're focusing on uh, but for the next two weeks the the groups will all be meeting at their same time but um they'll all be studying the same topic for gotcha for the next two weeks same bat time same bat channel <laughs> i like it got it <laughs> <laughs> all right we will see everyone next week thank, <laughs> you. Thank, you, everyone. thank you guys yeah.